Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Well, that's right. You heard the man. It's that time of week. Fox Football Sunday. My name is Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. And yes, I know, normally it is Willard and Rudolph in this time slot. But as Brandon Trufer reminded me, at this time of the year, as you will know, on Christmas Eve, Rudolph is busy. Big day today in the NFL, and we're going to cover all of it. We may need six hours, but we're going to do it in three. And I want to start with my beloved Detroit Lions, a team I covered for 10 years pre and post from 98 to 2008. I often said I saw it all. Barry Sanders last year, Rod Marinelli's 0-16 team in 2008. But on January 5th, 1992, well, the Detroit Lions did something they hadn't done since 1957 and they haven't done since. They won a playoff game. They beat Jimmy Johnson's Dallas Cowboys 38-6. to And John Madden was on the call that day. And he went on to say, you're looking at the two teams of the 90s. But he was half right because the Cowboys went on to win three Super Bowls. The Lions looking for their first Super Bowl appearance. But they got their first divisional conference champion today, first time in 30 years. The last time the Lions won their conference, or checked out their division, they were in the NFC Central. Doesn't even exist anymore. And oh, by the way, that playoff game I just told you about, oh my goodness, was optimism in Detroit through the roof. But reality came back the following week as the Lions got stuffed by the Redskins in their Super Bowl. Well, our Super Bowl aspirations went down the drain, as it were. But of all the teams we're going to talk about tonight that have qualified for the playoffs, or we'll tell you what they have to do to qualify for the playoffs and where they might end up, will they get a bye, will they have to go on the road, we'll tell you what we know based on where we are finishing up on Week 16. We've got a triple header Monday as well. You know Santa Claus is on the way. The tracker's already showing he's in the air everywhere, kind of like Ben Maller. Every time 
at this year on December 24th. See, I'm personally optimistic, just just for me. It's all the same because I really am hoping. All I ever want for Christmas is the official Red Rider Carbine Action 200-shot range model air rifle, like Ralphie, you know, with the compass in the stock and the thing that tells time. Yeah, just some man Ralphie. Unfortunately, I'm like 0 for 40 because something always comes up every time. Like, no, you'll put someone's eye out. But I'm still optimistic. But optimist, optimism can turn into realism, which can turn into pessimism. And, I, and you're wondering, wait, wait, Bernie, where are you going to all these definitions? Well, let me spell it out for you so we're all on the same page tonight. See, there are only three types of people in the world. There are optimists. There are pessimists, who people never really admit to being a pessimist. They're realists. So a realist is someone who's a pessimist who won't admit it. But let me share with you a story that will help under, help you understand and define we, where we are at on these definitions so we're all on the same page. See, there's a story about the chief of detectives job opening up in New York City in the NYPD. The, the, the police commissioner decided he would handle the final interview, and they were down to three candidates. One was an optimist, one was a pessimist, one was a realist. The commissioner called each one in and asked them one final question. First, he called in the pessimist. He said, here's your question. Who shot JFK? The pessimist said, oh, simple, Lee Harvey Oswald. One man, one bullet. I don't believe any conspiracy theories. No one can keep a secret in this country. He says, all right, you're free to go. We'll be in touch. He calls in the realist. Who shot JFK? He says, oh, come on, it was a conspiracy. You think one man could have acted alone and done all this by himself? Okay, we'll call you. He calls in the optimist. The optimist says, well, he asks him, who shot JFK? And he says, hmm, he scratches his head, because can I get back to you? Police commissioner doesn't know where to go with that. Okay, get back to me. So he leaves, goes home, walks in the front door. His wife's making dinner. She says, well, you got to tell me, how did the job interview go today? He says, man, I think it went great. They already got me working on a murder case. (laughs) Well, we are optimistic about our Detroit Lions. What does winning the NFC North mean for the postseason? Look, the offense looks strong. Very solid ground attack. The Lions, they won their first division crown since 1993. Remember, just two years ago, they were 313-1. They started out last season, 1-6. Fired their defensive backs coach, Aubrey Pleasant, switched everything around. Went 8-2 and two down the stretch last year. They're 11-4. They may yet even... Have the number one seed. We're not done yet, but let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Two games remaining before the postseason. Detroit's still got to tighten up on defense. That's the realism part. Nick Mullins, well, he's the fourth quarterback to start for the Vikings this season, and he was letting it fly against Detroit. That should be some concern for the Lions as they're going to face better competition in the playoffs. As, As far as possible pessimism, special teams, their kicker, Michael Badgley, His extra point attempt was blocked in the third quarter. And by the way, had Minnesota somehow won that game, I guarantee you John Kaminsky would have been a household name in Detroit. All he had to do was fall on that fumble, and the Lions go home. Good night. Division champions. No, he's got to play hero ball. So, are you optimistic about Detroit? Are you realistic about Detroit? Are you pessimistic? Kind of like the Cowboys. Can you really be optimism? Be optimistic about the Cowboys? Because optimism equals trust. Can you really trust the Cowboys in crunch time on the road? 
Because in the past, when the playoffs rolled around, well, let's face it, they've got a turnover-prone quarterback, and they've got a coach who often in crunch time, especially when it comes to clock management, looks like the guy wandering the mall parking lot wondering where he parked his car. Can you really trust the Cowboys? Are you optimistic about the Cowboys? Are you pessimistic? Are you realistic? And finally, can, can they run the ball? Meanwhile, the Vikings, the other side of the Lions game today, is this it for the 2023 Vikings? Most likely, yes. According to the power index, their chances of making the playoffs dropped dramatically. And speaking of playoffs, as we sit here, we're minutes away from the Denver Broncos hosting the New England Patriots. You tell me if this game's important. If the Broncos win, well, they've got a 32% chance of making the playoffs, according to these metrics. If the Broncos lose, they've got a 3% chance. And will the real Broncos please stand up? Week 7 through 12, their defense was only allowing 16 points a game. The last three weeks, they're allowing 24 points a game. Week 7 through 12, they were only allowing 191 pass yards per game. Now 245. In terms of their opponents, the touchdown to interception pass ratio for that five-week stretch ending in week 12, Broncos opponents, five touchdowns, six interceptions. Since then, last three weeks, Broncos opponents, six touchdown passes, one interception. And speaking of takeaways, they were a takeaway machine for that five-week stretch, forcing 16 takeaways. But in the last three weeks, only two takeaways. So, as we go up and down and take a roll call tonight, and we talk about the highlights and the takeaways and the analysis and who is what and where, are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? Or are you just realistic? And, uh, of course, my crack playoff team, Lorena Peterson, Brandon Trufa, Steve DeSager, will be with us. And we'll be gauging their temperature as well. Who's their favorite team? Are they optimistic? And at 6 o'clock, well, again, Santa Claus is in the air somewhere. Hasn't landed in Vegas yet, to the best of my knowledge. We'll find out who and what or where they would like to see under their Christmas tree as a sports gift for 2024. Tonight's show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked right here. Fox Football Sunday rolls on. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it 
and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, Denver Broncos. Seven seconds into the game. Bailey Zappi drops back to pass. He gets hit like Rocky Balboa. Coughs up the ball. Denver takes over. First and goal. Now second and goal from the, what, four-yard line. And we'll see if they can cash it in. They've now got it down to the one. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Take you up to 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. In for Willard and Rudolph. Fox Sports Sunday with Bernie Fratto. When Peterson speaks, we listen. All right, we're going to get heavily into the playoff picture, the standings, who goes where, and we'll do this in orderly fashion, but let's recap what has taken place today. Give it up to Baker Mayfield. I've always liked Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I, I did. Remember, he took over a team in Cleveland that was 1-31, actually got into the playoffs, won a playoff game, had Kansas City on the ropes in the fourth quarter, couldn't hold it. He did that. Well, today, they beat Jacksonville 30-12, to and with the Saints' loss and the Bucks' win, well, how do Tampa Bay's playoff chances look? The Bucks put together today arguably the most complete game of the year against the Jags. They were not only dominant on offense, they were dominant on defense, scoring two touchdowns off of turnovers. Now, believe it or not, Tampa Bay is the defending division champion. They're looking for their third division title. It's laid out right there for you. Either beat the Saints next week or the Panthers in Week 18. Even with one loss in those two games, the Bucs would win the tiebreaker over the Atlanta-New Orleans winner. Go Bucks! Next game, host the Saints Sunday. Jags, well, is their season slipping away? They still have a 65% chance to win the AFC South per those, you know, goofy analytics. Despite their four-game losing streak, thanks to the Houston Texans and the Colts losing Sunday. The Jags... Well, they play host to the 2-13 and 13 Carolina Panthers next Sunday. The Texans and Colts play each other in Week 18. But the Jags, they're playing their worst football this season when it matters most. And they did nothing against Tampa Bay that would give you any indication they're close to getting out of the funk. We'll see what they do next Sunday. On another note, on a non-playoff game, should Jets owner Woody Johnson give cricker, uh, kicker uh, Greg Zerline a, a nice... Christmas present. You know, he, he owns their line big time, right? The owner's pregame proclamation 
He's planning to retain Robert Sala and GM Joe Douglas in 2024. And after the Jets coughed up that 27-7 lead, it, it was like, uh-oh. Oh, snap. rut Looked embarrassingly, perhaps premature, when the Jets fell behind by a point after blowing that lead. But Greg Zerline, who's having a career year that nobody's noticed, saved everyone with a 54-yard field goal in the final seconds. I know Woody Johnson would not have reneged on his commitment. Truthfully, how could you really let Salah go? I, I, listen, he, at times he's looked like a drunk crossing an icy street trying to win with this team. But the minute Aaron Rodgers went down four games in, please, you knew the Jets weren't going anywhere. And uh, their defense has actually been pretty good this year. Uh, Brees Hall looking good late, too late, too little, too late. Uh, the Jets are at the Browns next Thursday, okay? The Browns need to continue to pile up wins. Uh, maybe the Jets can, you know, peel over their parade. Actually, it's, it's a Thursday night game, so we shall see. Commanders, nothing to see here. Let's move along. Give it up to the Seattle Seahawks. I'm happy for my Saturday night producer, Patrick Suica. He was hoping that the Seahawks would head into Tennessee today and get it done. Geno Smith, you remember last year? They wrote him off, but he ain't right back. Well, he might be getting back into form. He missed a few games. He was a little off in the first half today against Tennessee. Threw for only 69 yards. Not great accuracy. Then he shrugged off whatever was ailing him. Whatever rust he had from the two games he missed with his groin injury. Caught fire in the second half. 25-36, 2-27. Led two fourth-quarter touchdown drives. Two including the game winner with a, a game winner with a minute left. Now, he's had an up-and-down season. His future in Seattle beyond 2023 is a little bit in question. But this is a type of strong performance, I believe, that's going to say to yourself, if not Geno who? Maybe we put that conversation on hold. And it keeps the Seahawks playoffs, uh, playoff hopes very alive. They've got two winnable games remaining, home against Pittsburgh, and then at Arizona. And again, give it up to DK Metcalf. His one-handed touchdown catch in the fourth quarter. Six touchdowns in the last six games. Eight for the season. Can you be great when the situation demands greatness? Are you optimistic? You should be optimistic about Seattle. I like what Pete Carroll's doing with this team. I like the cut of their jib. I like their physical attitude. Next game again. They do host Pittsburgh Sunday. Now, what might you be pessimistic about? or at least realistic, Seattle's discipline. They're the most penalized team in the National Football League entering Sunday. And Sunday, they got flagged six more times, 47 yards against the Titans, including a pass interference and an unnecessary roughness, which led to Tennessee's go-ahead touchdown drive in the fourth quarter. Can't have that. It's like giving a team free offense. I don't know what the hell happened to the Titans. Maybe they're going to play for a better draft position. Plenty is on the line. They're guaranteed a losing record. Approximately 20 potential free agents on the Titans want to show their value to the rest of the league, which is, but, you know, and that, I digress. The final year I covered the Lions, we were coached by the legendary Rod Marinelli. In case you missed it, the Lions went 0-16 that year. But the one thing Marinelli said that I subscribe to that makes a lot of sense is 100% of what you do is observed 100% of the time by somebody usually an opposing team or a scout, and everything you're doing is on film. So if you want to stay in the National Football League, you want a job, it behooves you to put some good performance on tape, which is what the Titans should be doing. The Green Bay Packers. Hmm. 
How about those Packers? How good can their offense be now that Aaron Jones is healthy? Yes, it was against the lowly Panthers, but Aaron Jones, well, he showed the Packers can actually be very dynamic with him there, and this is the kind of explosion they've missed the last two months. The last time an individual player had a 100-yard game from scrimmage for the Packers, it was Aaron Jones' opening day. On Sunday, Jones, he's had hamstring and knee injuries that have plagued him all year. He had 135 total yards, 127 rushing on the ground. The Packers, the only team entering Week 16 that did not have multiple 100-yard individual games this season. Now, the Packers have concerns. You can be optimistic about their offense. I take back a lot of what I said about Jordan Love. He's got a higher ceiling than I thought. I will say this, though. He's not totally consistent, but if he brings his A game, it's good enough for the Packers to perhaps make some noise. They got the Vikings. Check that. They're at the Vikings next week. But what's down about the Packers? All aspects of their defense. One week after allowing the Bucks. Baker Mayfield, that Baker Mayfield, to carve him up, they let Bryce Young, a guy I told you, I told you, this kid can play. Nothing against Justin Fields, but Justin Fields in the pocket is a complete deer in the headlights. He holds the ball too long. He takes too long to get rid of it. He's not accurate. Bryce Young can play in the pocket. And by the way, I like Justin Fields. He's a stellar individual, checks every box, except the one that's most important, operating from the pocket. Bryce Young threw for 311 yards today. The Panthers, they only had 393 yards, but four touchdowns. Following a two-week stretch, they hadn't scored a single offensive touchdown. So did Bryce Young prove he can be effective under center, including on a quarterback sneak? Look, you crawl before you walk, you walk before you run. You've heard me say it a thousand times. The most important uh, trait a quarterback can have in the National Football League is vision. The importance of recognition. You've got to be able to make pre-snap reads, process coverages. Quarterback is a position you play with your eyes. You receive the ball. You make your post-snap reads and see if they match up with your pre-snap observations, and then you have less than two seconds to execute. I don't care how fast you run, how high you jump, or if you can throw a ball further than Uncle Rico. You can't hold the damn ball. You have to get it out of your hand. You do that, that requires recognition. Bryce Young has that. Give him time. I really believe, and I don't care about size. It's the least important aspect in all sports. I can show you plenty of tall guys who suck. Just a side note about the Panthers. Don't go to sleep on Bryce Young. He's going to prove dividends this league, as, as Jordan Love has actually started to. Moving along. Happy for the Cleveland Browns. It's a, Cleveland's a terrific city. I'm not being funny about that. Great Italian restaurants, wonderful people. Much like the Lions, you hope that one of these years, the sports gods are smiling down, and all of a sudden, you see Cleveland in a Super Bowl. They came dangerously close against Denver twice in the 80s, could never quite get over the hump. Uh, one of the best ESPN 30 for 30s is Believe Land. Yes, so can the Browns keep airing, out like, airing it out like this? I mean, a few weeks ago, Joe Flacco was sitting in his Barca lounger. I think he was auditioning for TV jobs. He's got a big, accurate arm, and he's got a Super Bowl pedigree. Yes, he was under center when they won a Super Bowl. Dan Marino didn't do that. Not comparing Flacco to Marino, but don't be dissing Joe Flacco. He set the tone today with a 53-yard completion to Amari Cooper on the very opening drive. That's the most air yards 
45 on the Browns' completion this entire season. And don't they have a guy named Deshaun Watson? They paid like $284 billion. And how's that working out so far? Flacco also comes back in the second quarter with a 75-yard scoring strike to Cooper. Again, off play action, which Joel Flacco runs play action very well. And then he also threw a dime, a 20-yard dime to David Njoku through traffic. The Browns suddenly, they have this dynamic downfield passing team. You've got Cooper and Joku, plenty of other players making plays. Joe Flacco, 38 years young, zinging the ball around like it's 2012 all over again. There's your optimism. Amari Cooper, there's your optimism. Cooper actually joined Terrell Owens as the only other NFL player with 200-yard receiving performances for three different teams. There's a trivia question for you. But here comes the big butt, Pee-wee. The stock down. Where are you pessimistic? Where are you realistic? Once again, special teams. The Browns did give up a 98-yard kickoff return touchdown to Damian Pierce. And their kicker, who's been very reliable this year, Dustin Hopkins, he got hurt. He had an, I think he pulled his hamstring or had some kind of hamstring injury on that same kickoff. That's just bad luck, man. So the Browns had to go for two points following every touchdown after Hopkins departed. Yes, they beat Houston by two touchdowns. Cleveland has got some work to do. Coming up, we continue with our review, our takeaways, our analysis, our observations. Are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? Are you realistic? But first, let's go to a gentleman we are always optimistic about, the legend, Steve DeSager, with the latest. Good evening to you. Good to hear you. And yes, kicker Dustin Hopkins of Cleveland due to have an MRI on the hamstring. And when you talked about size of prospects, football specifically, it reminded me of Ryan Leaf. Because remember the context. Washington State had gone how many decades without going to the Rose Bowl? Ryan Leaf gets there and they're playing in the Rose Bowl against a great Michigan team, no less, in a close game. And he gets drafted right behind Peyton Manning. And he had the perfect quarterback back size about 65 250 and well the rest is history in a negative way <laughs> as for the cleveland win at houston 36 22 amari cooper with 11 catches 265 yards and two scores only three other guys in nfl history have had at least three career games like this at least 200 receiving yards and two touchdowns two of them were old timers don hudson and charlie hennigan and Tyreek Hill has done that three times as well. So here today we had Detroit beat Minnesota. Lions clinched their first division title since 1993. Miami edged Dallas. Dolphins clinch a postseason berth for the second consecutive season. Kansas City is one of the teams playing on Christmas. They'll face Las Vegas, and the Chiefs can clinch the AFC West with a win. As for tonight's game, we're not even five minutes in, but a lot's happened, and it's scoreless. New England at Denver. The Patriots are 3-11 this season. In fact, AP pointing out not only is he one of the winningest coaches in NFL history, of course, Bill Belichick, if the Patriots lose two more games, he will be tying Jeff Fisher and Dan Reeves for the most losses in regular season play. Here on the opening drive tonight, first play, Bailey Zappi was sacked and fumbled, so the Denver Broncos took over first and goal at the six and couldn't score. In fact, nearly threw an interception on a third and goal pass from Russell Wilson. It was initially called a pick and then reversed properly on video review. But on fourth and goal from the two, 
stopped at the one. So neither team has scored. We're in the opening minutes. New England at Denver 0-0. Miami beat Dallas 22-20 on a short field goal on the final play. And not only did the Dolphins clinch a playoff spot, Dallas is in as well. We've got quarterback news from Jaguars. Yeah, they lost again. Tampa Bay 30-12 to the final. And Jags QB Trevor Lawrence not only had one touchdown, three turnovers today, but he left with a shoulder injury. Bears led Arizona 21-0 late first half, 27-16 the final. Justin Fields, one short touchdown pass, one short touchdown run, one interception. And Fields on the ground, nine carries, 97 yards. And that touchdown I mentioned. Cleveland with the win at Houston. And by the way, C.J. Stroud. Stroud, quarterback news for the Texans, was out again with a concussion. Detroit's win at Minnesota was 30-24. Vikings wide receiver Jordan Addison left with an ankle injury. Seattle gets a touchdown pass with about one minute left to win at Tennessee 20-17. Geno Smith returned. He had missed previous couple of games with a groin injury. Atlanta downed Indianapolis 29-10. Youngway Koo, 5-for-5 on field goals. Jets blew a lead and still beat Washington on a late 50 four-yard field goal from Greg Zerline, 30-28. Green Bay won on a late field goal at Carolina, 33-30. Three NFL games on Christmas tomorrow, including Philadelphia against the Giants on Fox TV, and veteran kicker Mason Crosby will play for the Giants. Cade York is injured in college football, three bowl games on Tuesday. Wednesday night on Fox TV, the Holiday Bowl from San Diego, USC against number 15, Louisville. No NBA today, college basketball off until Wednesday. Wednesday, NHL off until Wednesday night. Back to you. Steve, uh, great stuff. Great recall. Great memory. I, of course, covered that 97 Michigan team who beat mm. Washington State 21-16 to in the Rose Bowl. Ryan Leaf, I was with WTK then. I was at the game at the Rose Bowl. And before I left for CBS Radio the following year, Ryan Leaf and uh, the Washington State Cougars actually left 16-14, had the ball at the 10, a wide receiver was open in the end zone, ball off his fingertips, or they'd have gone up by two scores. That's the year Charles Woodson won yeah, the Heisman Trophy. I remember trophy. the interception. Didn't Leaf throw in the end zone as well in yeah. that Rose Bowl mm-hmm. game? And mm-hmm. then he gets drafted by the Chargers and set them back <laughs> a few years. His yes. rookie se- You thought Peyton Manning's rookie season was bad. Not everybody's good as a rookie, even Hall of Famers. But Ryan Leaf was two touchdowns, 15 interceptions as a rookie. We could spend the whole three hours uh, on that tonight, but uh, maybe we'll set that aside for a different day. And I, one final footnote, I, I liked your analogy vis-a-vis height and quarterbacks and predictor of success. Mark McGuire had a brother, Dan McGuire, oh, yes. six foot seven, out of San Diego State. He had a cup of coffee and a sweet roll at the NFL, never finished his sweet roll, couldn't play a lick, and he was six foot seven. Speaking of offense, this game tonight, I tell you, uh, they may be setting offense back 100 years as Denver tries to return well, a punt. You, you could say that for most Patriots games this year. Uh, you, well, Denver couldn't cash in that early turnover. They were mm-hmm. down on the four-yard line as I watched this game. This punt, it was a 53-yard punt and a 52-yard return by Denver just now. So that would net one yard. I mean, I'm no high school dummy. I went the full six years. Oh, which reminds me of the point you brought up that you don't trust that team's special teams. I would add Buffalo to the list. Is That's the one chick we, in the army for We'll get there. A couple things we'll get to tonight. We'll preview the triple header. And, Steve, save those duels of tones because there are five names emerging, two prominent uh, for the uh, vacant L.A. Chargers job. We're going to get to that later in the show. I want to hear from you on that mm-hmm. very much so. I want to remind everybody, uh, folks, uh, that uh, – 
after the show, shortly after the show, our podcast will be going up. So if you've missed any of today's show, be sure to check out the podcast. Just search Fox Sports Radio. Wherever you get your podcast, be sure to also follow, rate, and review the podcast. Again, just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcast. You'll see this show posted right after we get off the air. That, of course, is Willard Rudolph, Bernie Fratto, in for Willard Rudolph, or as Lorena would say, Fox Sports Football Sunday with Bernie Fratto. Not a lot to talk about the Texans, except I think C.J. Stroud has been outstanding, and I would also say that I believe D'Amico Ryans should be coach of the year. He took over a, a team where two coaches couldn't last one year, they weren't expected to do anything, and they've got a shot at making the playoffs. How about those Falcons? You know, as I've mentioned many times on my show, you know, you now know why Derek Carr was 63-79 and 79 as his starter for the Raiders. Said all he needed was a defense. Well, maybe that defense was Johnny Cochran because I tell you what, right now, Derek Carr uh, has trouble scoring as well. That offense couldn't score with a fistful of 50s and an absolute ill repute. Can the Atlanta Falcons run the table? They may steal this division. If Atlanta plays like it did earlier today, they have shown they have a balanced run pass attack. They put up 406 yards of offense against an above-average Indianapolis team. A lot of folks who think Shane Steichen should be former UNLV quarterback. Shane Steichen should be coach of the year. And, oh, yeah, on defense, Atlanta had six sacks, held the Colts to just 262 yards. So as much as I like Gardner Minshew, you know, let's hold off on that Gardner Minshew first ballot Hall of Fame vote for, for just a minute. Taylor Heineke. Wow, I, he like he just, he's like rent this guy. He's like Vince Evans coming off a of B and W lot, starting for the Raiders back in the day. Look it up. I know Hartman knows all about that one. Steve, I know you do too. The first start of Heineke's second stint as the Falcon starter, very efficient. Twenty three to thirty three, two twenty nine, one touchdown, no interceptions, passer rating of ninety nine. The only pessimistic, realistic part: Jeff Okuda out of Ohio State, who never really did much with the Lions. They sent him packing. He's in his fourth year. He's lost his job to a rookie cornerback named Clark Phillips. Jeff Okuda, frankly, he's been playing like Clark Griswold. Now you know why he lost his job. So what does this recent inconsistency say about the Colts? The Colts, they show up very flat today. Very flat. After mollywhopping, as Kevin Figures would say, the Steelers in a critical win last week. Comes after a blowout loss the, re, uh, the uh, previous week in Cincinnati. So... Much like I said about the Broncos, will the real Colts stand up? Yes, they've been overachieving. And their results, which are so up and down, might really be an indication of who they are. So, I don't know about the Colts. Let's move on. But there were some pivotal games last night as well. I really want to give the Buffalo Bills their flowers. Two weeks ago, it was looking a little bleak. But back-to-back wins, you can be concerned about the performance as the Bills continue their playoff push, they host the Patriots next Sunday. But at the end of the year, when they add up all your victories, they don't ask how, just how many. They stopped Dallas last week. They hold on to beat a pesky L.A. Chargers team uh, Saturday night. Steve, I believe you were there, weren't you? That's correct. Do you, do you have any takeaways about the Bills? Because they seem to make the big plays Money. when they needed to make the big plays. Go ahead. What do you got for us? They have the characteristics that contenders have. I'm not picking them to be in the Super Bowl, but I do think they're being overlooked. For starters, 
They've had a healthy quarterback starting literally every game this season. That alone puts them ahead of a third of the teams in the league this year. Also, the starting offensive line, all five, have started every game this year. That is notable. And in 15 games, they've only allowed 20 sacks. That is best in the NFL. They also have a defense that allows under 20 points a game. They also got five more sacks on the defense last night. They're up to 50 sacks. That's top five in the league. They're top five in takeaways on defense. Did you know that this offense, led by Josh Allen, is number one on third down conversions? They convert about 50% of their third downs for the season. They're also top five, therefore, in time of possession. They're top five in red zone TDs. When the Buffalo Bills get to the opponent's 20, they score a touchdown two-thirds of the time. There are a lot of good things about Buffalo. Steve, that was outstanding. You need to take what you just said, frame it, hanging on the wall at the Louvre next to the Mona Lisa. That was about as comprehensive as a breakdown as you're going to get. Coming up, there's another team in L.A. besides the Chargers. You may have heard of them. I want to go back to the Thursday night game. Are the Los Angeles Rams a playoff team? I'll tell you why I think they are. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio TireRack.com studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to Fox Football Sunday with Bernie Fratto. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Well, the floodgates have opened. Merry Christmas, everybody. Denver up 7-0. Javante Williams on a three-yard touchdown run. But don't look now. Bailey Zappi has got New England in the red zone. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Fox Football Sunday with Bernie Fratto in for Willard and Rudolph. Seems like a while ago, but Thursday night, the Rams, who've now won six of their past seven games, their only loss coming in overtime, to the AFC-leading Baltimore Ravens, while they now have a 78% chance to make the playoffs, according to, you know, those analytic math models there. Now, had the Rams lost Thursday, their chances would have fallen to 17%. 
But let's give credit where credit is due. Their offense has very much come alive since Matt Stafford returned from a thumb injury in Week 11. And the Rams, well, they've now scored at least 28 points in five straight games. Remember that big controversy about running backs at the beginning of the year? you got to pay us. Look, the running back position is every bit as valuable as it's ever been. The difference is it's interchangeable. Football is now basketball on turf. You put your athletes in space to make a play. That's the way it works. No longer three yards in a cloud of dust. Linebackers run like DBs did 20 years ago. Defensive ends run like linebackers did. Enter Kyron Williams. He's a guy that Sean McVay has praised multiple times for making the Rams a much better team when he's on the field. Kyron wins. He now passed 1,000 rushing yards for the season. He's the first Rams player to hit that mark since Todd Gurley in 2018. Gurley got paid, then what happened? Where is he now? Well, even though the Saints tried to close the gap on the Rams with Derek Carr trying to make up for his first quarter mistakes by going crazy in the fourth quarter through a touchdown pass to Rashid Shahid, well, the Rams would not let the Saints prevail. Stafford completed 34 or 24 or 34 for 328, two touchdowns against the Saints. He's now thrown multiple passing touchdowns in five straight games. This is Stafford's longest streak since joining the Rams. That's according to, again, those stat people who like to put all that stuff out. It's, you know, fodder for us. But here's a promising trend as well. You know, it's good if you've got a team that can get after the quarterback. And the Rams have a couple of rookie pass rushers that continue to get better and better every week. Kobe Turner, he sacked Derek Carr on fourth down in the second quarter. That was key at that juncture in the game. He now leads NFL rookies with six and a half sacks this season. He also passed teammate Byron Young, who has six. Turner, a rookie, Kobe Turner, trails only Aaron Donald for the most uh, sacks by a rookie since that became an official stat. So another breakout performance to Marcus Robinson. He scored a touchdown for the fourth game in a row, and he now appears to be a solid number three receiver for the Rams. He passed up 2-2 Atwell. Robinson finished the game, six catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown against the Saints. The Rams, I believe, are a playoff team. There's your optimism. They visit the New York Giants Sunday on New Year's Eve. Here's the only thing you've got to be realistic about. Maybe pessimistic, you tell me. The Rams, well, their kicker woes continue. They got a guy by the name of Lucas Haversick. He missed a field goal from 47 yards in the second quarter. But that's, that doesn't tell the story. The Rams have missed a league-high 11 field goals this season. Don't give me any Scott Norwood jokes at this time. Or, hey, if Jason Sanders had made that field goal, they're never automatic in the rain at Miami to beat Dallas. Kicking is important. Could that be the Rams' Damocles? We'll find out. Missing 11 field goals in a season, and by the way, the season's not done yet. Still two games left. It's the most missed field goals by any team since the 2015 Bucks, who missed 11. Rams missed one more. They set the new NFL record. The Rams also had a, another special teams blunder that included a block punt in the fourth quarter, and what that did was set the Saints up for a touchdown 
that made it 30-22. to 22. But are the Rams a playoff team? I say yes. And we could be heading, depending on who gets that sixth seed or if things held today. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to the playoff picture. We're going to break down the triple header that we are seeing on Monday. And I want to bring in the crew at the top of the hour. What would you like to see under your Christmas tree as a sports present for 2024? Maybe you want a new coach for the Chargers. Where are you going to get one? Who do you want it to be? We're going to find out. In the meantime, keep it locked right here. You're listening to Fox Football Sunday with Bernie Fratto on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Well, that's right. You heard the man. Fox Football Sunday keeps rolling right along. My name is Bernie Fratto. We are coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios here in Las Vegas. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Normally you hear Willard and Rudolph in this spot, but as Brandon Truffle reminded me, you know it's Christmas Eve. Rudolph is a little busy. Speaking of getting busy, let's hear from the crew, and I'll start. When you wake up, what would you like to see under your Christmas tree as a sports gift for 2024? And for me, I'm unabashed about this. I would really love to see the Detroit Lions in the Super Bowl. Forget whether they win it. I'd just like to see them get there. Haven't won a single. They've won one playoff game since 1957. I told you all about that. And in my 14 years in the media in Detroit, spread over WTK in Ann Arbor, the Michigan flagship, and CBS 91, uh, 91 uh, WKRK, we were the flagship for the Lions and Tigers, etc. Look, we covered a, several Red Wings Stanley Cups. Covered the World Series for the Tigers in 2006 when they lost to St. Louis. Of course, the Pistons in 2004 when they beat the Lakers in five games. I will tell you, take all every one of those. And Steve, you heard talk about Michigan's national championship team in 97 when they beat Washington State January 1st of 1998. Well, they shared it with Nebraska, but you get the picture. Here's my point. I know what the city looks like when each of those teams win a championship. In Michigan State, well, they won a basketball uh, championship in 2000, beating Florida. But if the, I will tell you, if the Lions just got to the Super Bowl, just got to the Super Bowl, they'd have to shut that city down for three days. So that is my Christmas gift wish. That along with maybe, you know, some Charleston chews that are frozen. But that's a story for a different day. All right, let's start with Mr. DeSager. Steve, do you have a Christmas wish under the tree Desire. Well, now that you brought it up, I would say pretty easily I wouldn't have to think any further a Dodger World Series title. Because this is a team that's in its best era of baseball since they moved to Los Angeles, but they've won the World Series once since 1988. So, And they won 100 games without a starting rotation last year. Let's, let's emphasize true, that. True. They've had a lot of good teams and a lot of good performances and plenty of talent. And I'm tempted to say no more excuses. They still need to fill out the rotation, perhaps, but you could see what the spending has done the past couple of weeks. This has got to be it. You know, that would be a story. And Steve, as you well know, the Dodgers have been to the playoffs 11 years in a row. Uh you have to give them their props for winning the COVID season. There is no asterisk like a Roger Maris 61 home runs and no. 160. 
But the truth of the matter is, I don't know that Dodgers fans, if they're being objective, feel that validates 1988. They'd like one for a full season. So, look, we have a winner. The Guggenheim Group bought the Dodgers in 2012. I always characterize that as a vanity buy, and I say that in the most complimentary way. They're business people, dignified business people. They want to win. They've now won the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. They've won the Yamamoto sweepstakes. Now, Steve, well said. You'd like to see them finish it off of the World Series. Having said that, what is your level of optimism or pessimism well, or realism? The, the pessimism, it's its the baseball playoffs. It doesn't matter who you are or how much. I mean, look at the amount of money that was spent by various teams that didn't even make the playoffs last year. Mets, Angels, whoever. It's just such a crapshoot because no matter what star pitcher you get, he may only throw once that week. So it's really different than the other sports. You don't have the same quarterback every game, if you know what I'm saying. I will Whoa. say that as far as Dodger fans, the 2020 World Series is completely valid. What they would want is a World Series they can attend, or a parade Fair. they can attend, and that wasn't the case. Fair. People have forgotten they were played in Texas that year. Uh, Lorena Peterson, your thoughts on what you'd like to see under your Christmas tree from a sports fan standpoint? Okay, well, besides some official Cowboys socks wrapped nicely, um, I could really go for the Cowboys getting into those uh, playoff thingies you were talking about. What is that? The Super Bowl? Yeah, I could go for that with the Cowboys. But, you know, they keep on dropping the ball right at the end. So I, I, I'm going to be a pessimist. I don't want to be a pessimist. I don't want to be that. I want to be an optimist. I'm going to stay positively positive that as long as I get some Cowboy socks, the Cowboys will win. Well, I like your chances on the socks. Uh, as far as the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl, again, it'd be a great story. Uh, I, I actually like Jerry Jones. I think he's done a hell of a lot for the NFL. I really mean that. And uh, he had Los he, Angeles included, by the way. Yeah. He was a big driver in getting L.A. football again. Look, I heard him in an interview back in 2009 when they first opened the Jerry Dome and the risk he took. Uh, oh, he really went into debt with that. Yes. Th yes. Thank you for clarifying. And, you know, he, he said he's always been an oil wildcatter at heart. And look, he bought the Cowboys. He built him into a winner. It's the, the falling out with Jimmy Johnson was unfortunate. I think if they'd have kept that team together with Jimmy Johnson, they'd have won five, six Super Bowls in the nineties. They won three. They brought in Barry Switzer to babysit the team with Jimmy's players. You saw what happened. Here's the challenge, Lorena. Uh, not to be a Grinch here. See what I did there? Here's the here's the challenge. Can Dallas go on the road? They might have to win three games on the road. And I just not feeling Dak Prescott because he's a turnover prone guy when crunch time matters most. And you heard what I said about Mike McCarthy. With all due respect, good regular season coach, yet coach. And yes, he did win one at Green Bay, but he resembles that guy when the game is on the line and there's clock management, like the individual wandering the mall parking lot, wondering where he parked his car. Can the Dallas Cowboys really win three games on the road? Can Santa deliver that, Lorena? If two of those are Philadelphia and San Francisco, also. Yeah, well, that's that's another good point. All right, Brandon Trufa, let's hear from you, buddy. You are a very knowledgeable sports fan with deep desires. What would you like to see under your Christmas tree present from Santa with the sports world heading into 2024? Well, contrary to uh, Mr. DeSager, who I respect greatly, uh, I am hoping for the Dodgers' downfall. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm a, San Diego, fired. <laughs> I'm a San Diego Padres guy. Oh, there I mean, you I'd, go. I'd love to see us win the World Series. I think San Diego deserves one. 
Uh, it's a city that's never seen a major sports championship. They Not since city. the AFL Chargers in 63. Right, exactly. You thought Cleveland had a drought since 1964. Chargers, longer. City of San Diego. I mean, okay. when the Aztecs went to the Final Four last year, just getting to the Final Four was easily one of the top ten moments in San Diego sports oh, history. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Lamont, Lamont Butler's buzzer beater might be the best in uh, in San Diego sports history. But, yeah, I mean, we had a team taken from us, as you guys were just talking about with Jerry Jones, you know, having a hand in getting the Chargers to Los Angeles. City of San Diego had something to do with them moving also. And, and unfortunately, you know, it's, it's the passing of Peter Seidler this past year. I would love yeah, to see Padre's the team... Own, yeah. I would love to see the team kind of win it for him because he invested so much into the team, and last yeah. year's team was so good. Since when were the Padres paying a luxury tax three years in a row? Exactly. Well, isn't that the truth? Exactly. Isn't so, that the truth? I would love to see Peter Seidler's vision come to fruition, I guess, is what I want under my sports uh, Christmas tree. Well, as someone who spent a lot of time in San Diego back in the day, of course, my good buddy Tim Flannery, name drop, I played ball with in college. He was the third base coach for the Padres, one of the most popular Padres, played 11 years in the organization. I loved going down to Jack Murphy Stadium. They should just rebuild it and move the Chargers back. I don't understand. It feels like they, it's like the Oakland A's coming to Vegas. They showed up hat in hand, uninvited. I, it doesn't, even though the Chargers were born in Los Angeles, and oh, by the way, props to Steve DeSager. That 63 Chargers team, according to Sid Gilman and many other NFL executives who've spoken off the record, is the greatest team of all time. Yeah. They challenged the NFL's 63 Chicago ch champion Chicago Bears to a game, and the Bears said no. The Super Bowl wasn't invented yet, so the game no. never happened. But the Chargers in the AFL title game were going up against the Patriots and beat them 51-10. to 10. One of the most prolific offenses of all time. And you can still find some of their games on film, if you look hard enough, that was an incredible team. And who could forget the great Eric Coyero teams of the 80s? They did get to the Super Bowl with Stan Humphrey in 1995. They were a 20-point underdog against the San Francisco 49ers. We won't tell you what happened next. The 49ers scored 49, as I recall. And, this, and, and the Chargers scored 27. It was so over after led, the first quarter. Yeah, it was well, over they, I think they had Ricky Williams over the middle for six. Before the seats were warm, it was seven, It was 14 nothing. It was a secondary that we had seen before for the Chargers. So we need some Cowboys socks and a Cowboys Super Bowl. We also need a Dodgers World Series, and we need a Padres World Series, perhaps a Lions Super Bowl. I don't know. We will, we will remain optimistic, and we'll light a candle in church tomorrow because who knows? Hope springs eternal. Maybe any of these things can happen. Speaking of tomorrow, we've got a triple header. Raiders, Chiefs. Yeah. Giants, Eagles. Eh, not so much. Ravens, 49ers. But all three in their own way have playoff implications. We'll break down those games coming up. Tonight's show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. I'm Bernie Fratto. We are coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked. You're listening to Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. So that's what I'm talking about. A little Motown on Christmas. Outstanding selection, Lorena. Meanwhile... Denver, New England winding down 7-3 Denver with about three minutes to go in the second quarter. Game is a little fugly if you get my drift, but it means a lot to uh, Denver. All right. I don't even think Stevie Wonder would enjoy watching this game. But I digress. Raiders will visit the Chiefs in the first game of a triple header on Monday. It kicks off 10 a.m. Pacific. 1 p.m. Eastern. And by, by the way, the, the Chiefs, they become sort of like Rodney Dangerfield. Have you forgotten? Okay, look, they still have a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. And if Kadarius Tony hadn't dropped a wide open pass week one against Detroit, taking nothing away from the Lions, Chiefs probably win that game. And if he doesn't, if he figured out how to line up on the line of scrimmage like a high school wide receiver, the Chiefs probably win that game. But they'll win Monday. They're a 10 point favorite against the Raiders, and the Raiders will be bringing their 28th-ranked offense into that game, and the Chiefs mean business. This may be the first year Patrick Mahomes actually has to play a playoff game on the road. Not so sure he wants to do that, but it's not spoken for yet. There is still hope that the 9-5 and Chiefs can still finish 12-5. and They've beaten the Raiders 10 of 11 times with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. That doesn't really tell the whole story, though. And only three of those victories was the final margin less than 14 points. Otherwise, they've been lopsided. So the question heading into this one, can the Raiders actually find a way to stay close? Give themselves a chance to win, making plays late in the game. They're playing for pride, and they're playing for maybe Antonio Pierce, who I think wants the job. And I think they could sell that press conference. Having watched the physical attitude and the demeanor of the Raiders since Antonio Pierce took over for Josh McDaniels. I think you could sell that press conference. Now, they've got a ways to go. We'll see how the Raiders finish down the stretch. And uh, obviously, after Mark Davis, the owner here in Las Vegas, went big name hunting, John Gruden didn't work out. Clearly, Josh McDaniels didn't work out. I'll never forget when I heard they were bringing in McDaniels and they didn't give Rich Bisacci a chance two years ago, wins the Final Four games. Probably could have been Cincinnati in the playoffs if Derek Carr hadn't gone Derek Carring, throwing interceptions, spiking the ball in fourth down, you know, that kind of stuff. Struggling in the red zone and, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter and third down. 
Bisaccia, we'll always wonder what he might have been able to do. So I think you'll see the Raiders give an effort. They're just overmatched in this game. I expect the Chiefs to win. I expect it to most likely be by double digits. Not a game I will be involved in from a, uh, a betting standpoint. But uh, let's put it this way. Teams who score 60 points plus, it's only happened six times in the NFL in the last 35 years. The following week, they're 0-6 against the spread. So do with that what you will as the Raiders tee it up on uh, Monday morning, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 a.m., 1 p.m. Eastern. It feels like a it, it feels like a 34-17 game for the Chiefs. That's I'll just throw that out there. The Giants and the Eagles will also square up uh, at Philadelphia, and I know people are panicking about the Eagles. Remember, they lost in the Super Bowl this last year, and. History tells us that 50% of the teams the following season not only not even make the playoffs, they don't, they don't, they're not even 500. The Eagles are 10-4. and four. If you woke up from a deep sleep and it was week 15, 16, and the Eagles are 10-4, and four, you say, wow, it's pretty good. The problem is they've lost three in a row. Look who they lost them to. A hungry Cowboys team who played the, probably their best game of the year. Uh, uh, the best team in the NFL, the 49ers, and then a, a very pesky plucky Seattle team at home who got it done on Monday night and it took a miracle at the end. Philly has already clinched a spot in the playoffs, but they're still fighting for the NFC East. Now, the Eagles would have a 78% chance to win the division title if they beat the Giants. Right now, if they were to lose that game to Tommy DeVito, 9%. They'd have a 9% chance to be the conference's top seed. So, you, if you are the Eagles, you don't really don't want that fifth loss. So, in a game of, I don't know who's going to be healthy at quarterback, and of course you got Matt Patricia, which is never a good feeling, and his second week is Eagles defensive play caller after taking over for Sean Desai. All I can say is, I feel like this is a get-right game for the Eagles. They are laying 13.5 points. They probably cover that number. You know me, I don't lay double-digit spreads in the NFL, but when you have a Super Bowl losing team that had already been 9-1 straight up, 7-3 against the number, and then they have three consecutive losses, well, in that fourth game, history tells us, they win by an average margin of 14 points. I look for the birds, the eagles that is, to fly fairly high on a, on a, a Sunday afternoon. The game kicks off at 4.30 Eastern time, 1.30 Pacific. Finally, the game that people are talking about all week, some people insist on want to, you know, implying that this may be a Super Bowl preview. I don't know. I do think the Niners are going to be there. I'm not 100% sure the Ravens are going to be there. you got two 11-3 teams, San Francisco laying five. This is a Christmas gift. By then, your eggnog should have settled in and uh, your grandpa, you know, grandpa's cough syrup ought to have you feeling good and relaxed. You've had your meal, you've opened your gifts, and you get one last gift. This game, again, you have to say it because everybody else is. Groupthink Echo Chamber, I hate that, but I'll do it. Could be a preview of Super Bowl 58. Could be. Niners and Ravens, well, they are the betting favorites to represent their conferences. But again, you got to remember, uh, the long and the short of it is, you know, that even though the odds tell you that the Ravens are the favorite to get to the Super Bowl in the AFC, Las Vegas is not in the prediction business. They're not in the fortune-telling business. 
All they're trying to do is put up a number that will create equal action on both sides. So when I hear people say, well, Vegas has them doing this, we're not a monolith. There are 97 different sports books here. And and betting odds and, and, and numbers are based on very sophisticated math models and power ratings. Be that as it may, this is only the second matchup of teams holding their share of the NFL's best record in the final two weeks of the season in the last 52 years. It's also a great primetime opportunity for Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson to stake a claim on the Most Valuable Player Award. So we will see what we will see. Again, both teams have already locked up playoff berths. The 49ers have already won the NFC West. The Niners actually have a Week 16 path to the number one seed. They need to win. Now Dallas lost, but Detroit won, and they need Philadelphia to lose to wrap it up if the Niners win Monday. The Ravens can take home the AFC North if they win, and Cleveland would have lost. Cleveland's already won, but a win still puts them at 83% to get the number one seed, 53% with the loss. There you have it for all of the crazy numbers. I don't think this game is going to be as high scoring as people feel. I think it's going to be right around the number. I think I could see 24-20 49ers, 21-17 49ers. I don't feel like the uh, the Eagles stroll into San Francisco and steal a win. I think it could be a could be a field goal game. Kyle Shanahan is 15 and three straight up, and 11 and six at home in his career. When the Niners have a 750 or greater win percentage, and they're playing another team above 500, which means when they need to be great. They are great, and they have been great. This is where you hope, to me, everybody just stays healthy. It could be a little bit of a body bag game. These two defenses are going to get after it. So there you have it. We've got a terrific triple header. And, and by the way, not for nothing, kind of interesting Christmas Day because the NBA has already felt they have a lock on Christmas Day, right? Well, if you so, are so inclined... At uh, these are all Eastern times. The Bucks will tee up against the New York Knicks at noon, but they're going to be going head up against the Raiders and Chiefs when they kick off an hour later. Then the Warriors and defending champion Nuggets. Well, they'll play at 2:30 Pacific. They'll be right in the middle of the Raiders Chiefs, and that'll lead into the Giants and Eagles at 4:30 Eastern. Meanwhile, the Boston Celtics visit the Los Angeles Lakers, a marquee game, 5 p.m. Eastern. But they'll also have to compete against the 49ers and Raiders later. Meanwhile, the 76ers and Heat also have an 8 p.m. Eastern tip-off. And finally, for you Night Owls, Dallas and Phoenix will go at 10.30. You have to figure out what you want to watch or buy three or four more TVs. Speaking of another conversation, which we're going to pick up after Steve's update, the Los Angeles Chargers, they got to hire a coach. Now, I respect Steve Hartman a lot. I'm not sure where he weighs in on this, but we're hearing the group echo chamber tell us that, well, this time they might actually spend some money. They have three opportunities. What do they do? Do you go for the veteran coach, the known commodity? We'll talk about Jim Harbaugh. I've got some information there, thanks to my moles in Ann Arbor. Could it be Belichick? I don't think so. Could it be another veteran coach we're missing? Maybe a guy like a Dan Quinn, who's currently a defensive coordinator, but in over five seasons with the Atlanta Falcons, he managed to be one game over 500. He was 3-2 and two in the postseason. He did have a Super Bowl appearance. They led the Patriots 28-3. to three. You know what happened there. But Quinn has a good reputation in the league. 
Or do you go with the hotshot coordinator? The Ben Johnson from Detroit. The Frank Smith from Miami. Or maybe a defensive coordinator. A hero Avera from Denver. But right now, nine of the 12 teams in the National Football League that are playoff bound have offensive people. Or dare I say, bite your tongue, hold your nose. They even dip into the college ranks and talk to a Lincoln Riley or Matt Campbell. Uh, I think that will not happen. you got a better chance of Led Zeppelin re-recording the Gillian's Island theme song and selling a million copies than the Chargers doing that. If they do that, you you got to be you you got to protest. Coming up, we'll chop all this up with Steve DeSager, who very much has his finger on the pulse with the Chargers, and I really want to get his thoughts. But first, let's go back to the aforementioned Steve DeSager with the latest. We, we do have games to update. I will say there are some lazy hosts here and elsewhere who sometimes mention that the Chargers don't spend money, period, which couldn't be further from the truth. Right. When you, when you I, right. look at the cap hell they're in for next year, they were all in for this year. Look at the amount of talent they had. They're 40 mil over the cap. Believe me, they've spent. They've spent on long-term contracts, pass yes. rushers, defensive back, yep. quarterback, on and on. Co- a coach is a different thing, but sometimes the, it all gets lumped in. Well, the wing England, lump of coal. Patriots 3-11 this year. They're missing running back Ramondre Stevenson tonight out with an ankle injury. Hunter Henry out with a knee injury. They settled for a field goal after a long drive of nearly seven minutes. Wound up kicking the field goal for their only first half scoring early second quarter. And they've just missed a field goal attempt of 47 yards wide right. So the Broncos still lead in the cold of Denver 7-3 to against New England. About 30 seconds left in the first half. Each team with a fumble in this game. There was, in fact, a strip sack fumble on Bailey Zappi on the first play of the night. So the Broncos took over first and goal at the six and got no points out of it. Turned it over on down stopped on a run at the one-yard line. Broncos have lost two of their last three. Their final two games are against the Chargers and then at the Raiders. You mentioned the Raiders are in action as Kansas City hosts them in one of the Christmas games tomorrow. The one on Fox TV is Philadelphia trying to get back in the wing column going up against the Giants. Baltimore plays at San Francisco Monday night. Ravens currently the one seed in the AFC by a half game. 49ers currently the one seed in the NFC by a half game. We had Miami beat Dallas today 22-20 on a short field goal on the final play. In fact, we had this NFL week, five different teams scored the game-winning score in the last two minutes of regulation. Because we had the Miami thing came with no time left. Seattle game-winning touchdown with under a minute to go. Jets had blown a lead but got a game-winning field goal in the final seconds. Green Bay game-winning field goal with about 20 seconds left despite blowing a lead. Green Bay won. And you had Buffalo last night, a game-winning field goal with about 30 seconds left. That's the NFL weekend so far. Miami beat Dallas on this short field goal on the final play, and I have to mention it was Jason Sanders who was the hero. The Miami kicker was 5-for-5 on field goal attempts, hitting from 52, from 54, from 57, and from 35 and 29 yards out. And his team wins by two points. Tampa Bay beat Jacksonville 30-12. Bucks led 30-0 late in the third quarter. Chicago led Arizona 21-0 late in the first half. 27-16 the final. Khalil Herbert of 
the Bears. 20 carries, 112 yards, and a touchdown. Cleveland, a winner at Houston, 36-22. Amari Cooper, 11 receptions, 265 yards, and two scores. Detroit clinched a division title for the first time in 30 years, winning at Minnesota, 30-24. Seattle won on a touchdown pass with about a minute to go as Geno Smith returned, 20-17, the final at Tennessee. Jets on the late 54-yard field goal edged Washington 30-28. Green Bay's late field goal made it a 33-30 final at Carolina. Atlanta over Indianapolis 29-10. In college football, three bowl games on Tuesday. Wednesday night on Fox TV, USC against number 15 Louisville in the Holiday Bowl in San Diego. We were mentioning the Chargers earlier. That game, and it used to be my favorite December bowl game, so much excitement there over the years, was played where the Chargers used to play in Mission Valley area of San Diego. As soon as the Chargers moved out of that dump they were playing in, they raised the stadium. It does not exist anymore, so they shoehorn a football field into the Padres ballpark, and we get a holiday bowl that way. Wednesday night on Fox TV. No NBA game today. By the way, Philadelphia's Joel Embiid is out for one of the Christmas games tomorrow. Tomorrow night they're playing at Miami, but sprained ankle the problem. And we can update the NFL Sunday night game appropriately to end the first half. Denver has missed a field goal attempt of 57 yards in the altitude. 7-3 Denver at the half against New England. I think you described this properly. Back to you. Steve, I'm so glad you mentioned the Holiday Bowl. One of my great memories was heading down in mid-December that Friday night. December 19, 1980, one of the greatest college football games ever played, known as the Miracle Bowl at BYU. SMU. 46-45. BYU trailed 45-25 with five minutes to go. And on fourth down, Lavelle Edwards, head coach at BYU, sent the punt team on the field. Jim McMahon looked across the way and said, Get the F off the field. He was not oh, a Mormon, that. by the way, Jim McMahon. <laughs> and he was, he dipped school. Well, I know this because I got recruited to play baseball at BYU. Took a trip up there in 78. Met Clay Brown, who scored the game-winning touchdown. They scored three touchdowns in the final five minutes. Hmm. And Eric Dickerson and Craig James and the Pony Express, yes, that Pony Express, were shocked. At about three or four in the morning, we found ourselves at Taco Bell with the kicker for... Mm, yeah, it was SMU. His name was Eddie Garcia. Not our Eddie Garcia, but his name was Eddie Garcia. The one who went to the Lions? I don't know. I don't recall what his NFL exploits were. But and it's I do not re- Eddie Garcia that works here. You're correct. I do. Re- it was not the Eddie Garcia that works here, but I, this Eddie Garcia, I'll never forget this. He might have had a few cream dements in him, and it was 3 in the morning. And somehow we knew he was the kicker. He admitted whatever. And, I, and we said something stupid like, well, what would you think of that game? I can't believe we lost. That effing team couldn't have been beat Texas Arlington. It, it, Steve, but the Holiday Bowl, the Holiday Bowl is one of the great bowl oh, yeah. games of all time. Yeah. The festivities, uh, honest to God. Michigan, Michigan in 1984 got their mythical national championship. Or BYU, check that. BYU got Michigan. it by beating Michigan. Harbaugh. Beat Harbaugh. Yes, that's exactly right. Exactly right. So there was a lot of great games there. I'll tell you what. Let's do I looked this, it Steve. up. Uh, he kicked for Green Bay. This Eddie Garcia. Is that what he did? SMU. Yes. Yeah. Well, I tell you, don't bring up that game around Eric Dickerson either. They're not too. Uh, they're not too happy. <laughs> that, that team coached by Ron Meyer. The, the, BYU didn't know what was happening in the first half. I'll tell you what, Steve. Let's do this. I want to give. I want to give this conversation its due because I want to tell you what I know about Harbaugh and I want to get your thoughts 
on the Chargers, the five names bandied about there. And I believe you, uh, and, and you are correct, that John Spanos, the Spanos family, has paid for players and they've drafted well. Uh, we'll see if they do it for a coach. But the larger issue is how much control now, John Spanos is currently the head of football operations. The how family con- controls the team. You're absolutely correct. How much control will he give to a new head coach? We've got to talk about that, and I want to get your preference. We're going to do that coming up. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked. It's Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. We're back on Fox Football Sunday. Bernie Fratto sitting in for Willard and Rudolph. Coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Coming up top of the hour, we're going to dive heavily into the playoff picture and the standings for Week 16. In case you missed it, Dolphins clinched a playoff spot today. The Cowboys now out of the AFC lead. Let's bring in Steve DeSager. Steve, before I get your thoughts on the Chargers, which I think will be a very pivotal hire, mm-hmm. let me just say this about Jim Harbaugh. I talked Thursday to one of my moles who talked to Harbaugh the day before. He's got a man crush on Justin Herbert. He can do something with him. Now, the stars are aligning. Two years ago, Jim wanted back in the NFL, got the courtesy interview with the Minnesota Vikings. That was never going to happen. The Wolves didn't want him. They already made up their mind on Kevin O'Connell. It was thanks to Queasy and Dolfo Mensa, who he'd worked with at the 49ers, that got him that opportunity, but it was a fugazi. Last year, the Broncos were very much interested in Jim Harbaugh. He wasn't interested in them. He knew he had 44 seniors coming back. Thinks he's got 20 guys that'll be drafted. They won the Big Ten. They beat Ohio State. And they're back in the playoffs this year. I believe the stars are aligning. If you understand Jim Harbaugh and his makeup, he never got over beating his brother, losing to his brother in the Super Bowl 10 years ago. Now, what will it take? I'm hearing 15 million. I think if that happens, and remember, Jim Harbaugh has a contract on his desk for an extension, five years, 11 million per at Michigan. But it contains a clause that Harbaugh never agreed to, that he won't go back to the NFL. And he's got a very low buyout, $2.2 million, and that's by design. Compare that to Jimbo Fishers and some of the others. So let's start with the elephant in the room, the reality of Jim Harbaugh. 
to the Chargers based on what you know there in Los Angeles, Steve? Optimistic, pessimistic, realistic, or do you even want him? I think it is realistic. I don't know if I'm optimistic, but people need to realize there's also a Harbaugh connection that his last couple years in the league, he was Chargers quarterback and wasn't just a clipboard holder either and then stayed in San Diego as a head coach in college at the University of San Diego. We saw Josh Johnson quarterbacking in the NFC title game for the Niners last year. That was Harbaugh's quarterback. And then, you know, all the Stanford success and the turnaround and all the success with the Niners. Uh, The thing that comes to mind with any Harbaugh hire anywhere is, boy, the guy sure eventually wears out his welcome, where the Chargers aren't in a position to have that even as a consideration, even on page 50. They need somebody who can do something now. And if you only have him three to five years, so be it. You need to turn it around and do something now and waste this good quarterback that you've drafted. So Jim Harbaugh, I would say, is at least with the not only the coach himself, but would it fit those two items? Yeah, that's at least realistic. I don't think the Belichick thing is as realistic. And the Chargers are not exactly a reclamation project. They were in the playoffs last year. They had that infamous 27-point blown lead to which their their fearless leader said, oh, you know, things like this happen in the NFL. Are you kidding me? So, look, I don't know what's going to happen with Harbaugh there. Uh, It begs another question. I'm glad uh, you referenced the fact that he was a former Charger because I threw this name out there, Steve, and I was summarily rejected. But I want to throw it out to you. Eric Bieniemy is a former Charger. Is it mm-hmm. time to give him his chance? Would you sell that press conference? Could you see the Chargers giving him an interview? Yeah, I would put... Uh, it's it's not uh, a one-for-one comparison. I would say there's three competitors for the Chargers opening. One is Harbaugh, one is Belichick, one is any coordinator. So he would fall into that. Any coordinator, Whether Dan Quinn or Ben Johnson, fill it in. Any coordinator is obviously a possibility. I mean... How did Brandon Staley get the job? He was defensive coordinator of the top-ranked defense in the NFL with the Rams and then just stayed in the same stadium and became a head coach with the Chargers. I wouldn't say that's a bad hire. The bad part of the hire was giving somebody who'd never been a coach a four-year contract because I think that kept the Chargers from getting rid of him earlier this year or even before this year after the spectacular defeat in the playoffs at Jacksonville last year because they wouldn't have paid off two years let's uh let's let's chop up the Belichick name for just a second he will be on his way he won six Super Bowls with Tom Brady and let's be be fair Bill Barcells never won a Super Bowl without Bill Belichick by his side. He was a critical component as a defensive coordinator for two Super Bowl championships. The franchise has great respect for Bill Belichick and what he's accomplished. But we're back to that $64 question with the Spanos family. Not only be willing to pay what it might take to bring Bill Belichick to Southern California, even though he's never coached west of Cleveland, and give him the personal control that he has had in New England. And the other thing that's got to come up in the interview, Steve, is who is Belichick going to bring in as an offensive coordinator, given the fact that New England has many much publicized issues on that side of the ball the last couple seasons. It would be an interesting bridge hire. I can't see him staying more than three or four years. And the the chance to create a culture for sustainable winning might be the reason you bring him there, but I'm dubious and I'm not sure why would you be okay with Belichick and is it possible? Uh, no, I wouldn't. And I think that's because a trade might be involved. It's kind of like when the Chargers 20, 25 years ago needed 
uh, a really good hit on a first-round draft pick. They were picking so high. And remember that one draft, they wound up getting LaDainian Tomlinson and Drew Brees and kind of setting themselves up. Sure do. They need bodies. They don't need to give up things and then overpay on top of that. Because the coach that you're getting, yes, has a ridiculously great resume. But this is also the coach of the last three, four years of the Patriots. And there's nobody out there who has that resume for the last three, four years that people are clamoring to get as their guy. And also, I have a fundamental problem in sports, particularly football, of somebody being coach and GM. You know, did it work with Parcells? Has it worked the last few years with Belichick? I just don't. I think those are two separate jobs, should be owned by two separate people. You talked about the great drafting that the Chargers ex-GM did over most of the last decade. That helped set the team up for being so well-regarded pre-seasons. The drafting has largely been good. What made me sad to see is the Florio report today that the Steelers intend to sign head coach Mike Tomlin to an extension this offseason before right. the last year of his current right. deal kicks in next year. That's a guy who would give you culture and accountability and all of that in one hire, and he would have an actual quarterback, but apparently that's not going. Let me show yeah. one story that the Chargers radio announcer Matt Money-Smith, who's a local co-host in L.A., talked about that in that playoff game, you remember Joey Bosa was upset that an offensive lineman wasn't being called for a foul, and Bosa was trying to beat him for sacks and wasn't able to, and Bosa Just last threw, January, yeah. threw his helmet and got called yep. for it, and yep. Brandon Staley went over and picked up the helmet and gave it to him and didn't discipline him, didn't punish him, didn't yell at him, didn't... It was, you know, coaches can't always be friends, was Matt's point on this. And whoever the next hire can't just be young or not, can't be buddy-buddy with the players. Well, this is the very reason why I think it would be a huge mistake to go the coordinator out, even if it's a Ben Johnson or a Frank Smith. I don't think you can bring a guy into that situation in the number two media market in the country and have him learn on the jobs. But I will share with you another name, Steve, out of left field. Hear me out, and I want to get your thoughts here. Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator in Dallas, has built one of the best units in the NFL. He was the head coach of the Falcons for five seasons, went to the playoffs, went to a Super Bowl. You know what happened. He's 53 years old. He has a very good personality. He gets along well with players, but he can still be demanding. He's very deep, detailed as a head coach. He would likely bring along Brian Schottenheimer, whose father, Marty, served as the head coach of the Tigers. back. Or the and Brian Tigers, the worked back. on the Chargers staff. Your thoughts, could Dan Quinn be a could be a reality. Yes, I think that's also very realistic, and people might remember him as a good Seattle defensive coordinator a decade ago. You know, there was, uh, go back 20 years plus, when the Chargers hired uh, Marty Schottenheimer as their head coach, people might have said at the time, oh, either retread or he doesn't win the big game. The Chargers at the time were not in a position to even consider that. They needed someone to take them to the next step, and he more than did that. And then guess what? They became a one seed, and he didn't win the big game. <laughs> he went fourteen and two, and I was befuddled when they let him go. Honest to God, because he had success in Cleveland too, mm-hmm. and all the yeah conference championship appearances, plural. But that fourteen and two, which meant they actually got to host Tom Brady and the Patriots yeah. in a playoff game, the Chargers did, and had the lead in the fourth and typical Charger game, got an interception. The guy went to return the interception instead of taking a knee and fumbled it back. I remember that. Marlon McCree. Oh, Marlon McCree. And that was, oh, my goodness gracious. Yes. And the well, Patriots I talked about kicked John, a field goal and won. 
That's why I talked about John Kaminsky, the Lions today, who couldn't fall on a fumble, but the Lions escaped. One final thing about Dan Quinn. He does check a lot of boxes. Not only does he have head coaching experience, he does have a very commanding presence. He's stable. He would add stability to this organization. He would be able to right the ship. It's not a big splash hire, but it might be a necessary hire. I'm not sure where they go with this. All I know is this is going to be a story we're going to follow. I think the NFL is nonplussed about how poorly the Chargers have done in L.A. Coming up, we look at the NFL playoff picture. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to Fox Football Sunday with Bernie Fratto on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Well, that's right. You heard the man. Fox Football Sunday continues to roll right along. My name is Bernie Frada. We're coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Tyrac.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. All right, Christmas is here, and it's starting to get real. Dolphins have clinched a playoff spot. Cowboys are out of the NFC lead. But what does the playoff picture really look like? What are the standings? Who, what, and where? Here's what you need to know. We're going to mow through this lightning round style. The Baltimore Ravens, they play Monday night. They're up two games in the AFC North. They're the number one seed in the conference. Heading into week 16, which we're still in, the Ravens will clinch the number one seed in the AFC if they went out. Might not be so easy. They're at the 49ers. Then they host the Dolphins, and they'll play the Steelers. Can they do it? Yeah, it won't be so easy. Miami. The Dolphins entered week 16 as the number two seed in the AFC, and they remain there with their huge win over the Cowboys. Dolphins, they play the aforementioned Ravens in week 17. They will clinch. The Dolphins will clinch the number one seed. If they went out, they've got to beat Baltimore at Baltimore, and then they will host the Buffalo Bills week 18. The Kansas City Chiefs, they lead the AFC West by two games over the Broncos, and if this keeps up, well... The Broncos might be sayonara. After the Chiefs beat the Patriots heading into Week 16, they're the number three seed. They're two games back of the Ravens for the top spot. They get the Raiders Monday. They get the Bengals at home next weekend, and they finish up the season in Los Angeles at the Chargers. Well, in spite of their debacle today, the Jaguars, Jacksonville Jaguars, they are still the number four seed in the AFC. Thanks to the Texans and Colts' losses, Jags still first in the AFC South. The only head-to-head tiebreaker over the Texans and Colts, despite losing four in a row. Coming up, they host the Panthers, and they visit Tennessee to wrap up the season. How about those Cleveland Browns? Yes, even without Deshaun Watson. They're the number five seed in the AFC. They're one and a half games out of the AFC North, but they're up two games over the final wildcard spot. So in a pretty good position. All the Browns and Joe Flacco need to do is win one of their final two games and they punch their ticket to a playoff berth. They've got the Jets at home New Year's Eve weekend and then the first weekend in January they visit Cincinnati. How about the Bills? Two weeks ago, they looked like a kid who'd flunked his midterm and was in danger of not graduating. Two key wins. They jumped into the number six seed with their win over the Chargers and Texans. And the Colts losing. They're up one game over 
the team in the final playoff spot. But where are we going with this? They still got to beat the Patriots at home, and they got to go to Miami in Week 18. But by the way, if Buffalo wins out, they could still win their division. So give it up to the Bills. You heard what Steve DeSager said about them. There are a lot of pluses there, and they always remember what you did in December, and the Bills are getting it done. The Colts, believe it or not, after the egg they laid today, still the number seven seed in the AFC, despite losing to the Falcons. And they do hold the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Texans, who are at number eight. Yes, you heard that right. I don't know how you don't give D'Amico Ryan's coach of the year. Seriously. Well, the Colts also have the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Steelers, who are at number nine, and they're ahead of the Bengals due to Pittsburgh holding the head-to-head tiebreaker over Cincinnati. Hopefully you followed all that. Cincinnati, or check that, Indianapolis, they host the Raiders next week, and they host the Texans in Week 18. It feels like the Colts and Gardner Minshew are going to sneak in. They'll be saved by the bell, Mr. Belding. All right, Houston Texans. Whatever happens, it's already been a hugely successful year. They're currently eighth. They sit outside the playoffs. I get it. After Sunday's loss to Cleveland, and they drop their head-to-head tiebreaker against Indianapolis for the number seven seed. But the Texans also have the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Steelers, who are ahead of the Bengals due to Pittsburgh holding their head-to-head tiebreaker over Cincinnati. Did you follow that? Well, Houston still got to beat the Titans at home next week and at the Colts. I don't know. It's going to be rough, but what what a terrific job D'Amico Ryans has done and what C.J. Stroud has done in restoring that culture. Steelers also on the outside looking in, even though they did beat the Bengals on Saturday. That moves them up to the number nine seed. They own the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Bengals, who are at number 10 by virtue of sweeping Cincinnati, but they lose the head-to-head tiebreaker to the Colts and the Texans. Going to be tough sledding for the Steelers. They finish up with two games on the road at Seahawks, at Ravens. Tomlin's 8-7, and seven, never been under 500. Splits one of those games, he finishes over 500 again. And I never understood the talk about Mike Tomlin leaving or being fired. We're talking about Mike Tomlin here, not Lily Tomlin. This guy has presided over a lot in Pittsburgh and has a Super Bowl pedigree. And if you let him go, who the hell are you going to replace him with? I was glad to hear Steve's update because I was going to talk about Tom later in the show, both him and Salah. They're both coming back, and frankly, I think they both deserve to. All right, the Bengals, they fall out of the playoff picture with their loss to the Steelers. They're only in the 10th position. They lost their head-to-head tiebreaker with Pittsburgh for their division standing. Well, that affects any potential tiebreakers with Houston and Indianapolis. I don't like Cincinnati's chances right now. It was a nice story with Jake Browning for a while. they got to visit Kansas City next week. That's going to be tough. And they finish up the season at home against their in-state rival, the Cleveland Browns. Well, the Broncos are doing everything they can to end the season in disappointing fashion. They're currently 11th in the AFC as they were heading tonight's game against the Patriots. But after that, you're home against the Chargers and then at the Raiders. Raiders, they're one and a half games out of the final playoff spot in the AFC. They're 12th. Doesn't matter. Same with the Jets. They've been eliminated from playoff contention since Aaron Rodgers went down the fourth play of the season. You can't blame them. Titans, they're eliminated. The Chargers, they were eliminated two years ago. The Patriots, they've been eliminated since Clinton was president. There you have it. That's what we have in the AFC. Coming up, we'll take you on a tour in the NFC. What does the playoff rundown look like? What do we expect? We'll take it from the top. By the way, did you know Discover wants everyone to feel special? That's why with your Discover card, 
You have access to 24-7 customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Learn more. Discover.com slash credit card limitations apply. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas, Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to Fox Football Sunday with Bernie Fratto on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Now we're back on Fox Football Sunday. Bernie Fratto in for the guys. Rudolph is busy. It's Christmas Eve. We'll take you up to... 8 o'clock Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. By the way, the Broncos, if they lose, they have a 5% chance of making the playoffs, and they're losing 9-7. to All of a sudden, this New England defense looks like the Teddy Bruschi days. They've got Denver pinned 4th and 22. They're punting from their own two. New England's going to get the ball back with good field position. Four minutes to go in the third quarter. Not looking good for the Broncos. My goodness. Talk about not coming up with an effort. All right, what does the NF play, the uh, playoff picture look like in the NFC? Well, the 49ers remain the number one seed heading into Week 16, which we are still in. They'll play the Ravens Monday night. They have a half-game lead over the Lions for the top spot. Guess what? The Lions won, hence the half-game lead. So San Francisco, it behooves them to win because should they get beaten, They'll have the same number of losses in the loss column, and it could get real interesting. After the Ravens, Monday night, San Francisco will visit Washington, D.C., play the Commanders, and they'll wrap it up at home against the Rams Week 18. How about those Lions? We talked about this at the top of the show. They clinched the NFC North with their win over the Vikings. They're currently the number two seed with the Cowboys' loss. And guess who they play next week? The Lions are at the Cowboys' That is going to be a little bit of tough duty. I expect to see a massive effort out of the Cowboys. And then they'll close out the season at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Anyway, you slice it, the worst the Lions can do is have a bye week one. Uh, in the uh, or Check that. They won't have a bye. They'll have a home playoff game. Excuse me. I'm going to get to all that in just a second. Well, the Eagles, they take over first place in the NFC East by virtue of the Cowboys losing at Miami, and the Eagles have already clinched the playoff spot, but you know they want more. 
I'm going to go out on a limb. It's not much of a limb. I think the Eagles run the table, and they finish 13-4. and four. They host the Giants Monday night, then they host the Arizona Cardinals, and then they visit the Giants in the final game of the season. You're going to hear from this Eagles team. I think uh, uh, rumors of their demise is very premature. I got to give it up to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield. They continue to lead the NFC South after a very impressive win today over the Jaguars. They extend their lead to one game over the Saints and Falcons. Next up, they play the Saints. Then they visit the Panthers. Uh, look, I've always liked Baker Mayfield. Some people don't. He, he, he inherited a very difficult situation in Cleveland after the Hugh Jackson era. They were 1-31. Baker Mayfield comes in within two years or in the playoffs, even wins a playoff game, even had Kansas City uh, on the ropes in the fourth quarter, and then it went downhill from there, and he kind of peaked early, and he became a victim of his own success. He ends up in Carolina. You know what it ended up there. They rented him for the Rams a couple years ago. He seems to have very much found a home in Tampa Bay. And if he can keep his head on straight, uh, there, this seems to be a fit. Would not surprise me if Baker Mayfield is under center again and. 2024 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but in the meantime, they've got the Zions on maybe making some noise. Uh, there are no great, maybe the 49ers, maybe, but again, they're, God forbid, they get someone gets injured. You saw what happened in that three-game stretch when they didn't have Debo Samuel and uh, Christian McCaffrey missed some time. So, there you have it. All right, the Dallas Cowboys, they fall out of the NFC East lead today after losing to the Dolphins. The Cowboys are still the number five seed and yes, they've at least clinched a playoff berth. The remaining schedule, they host the Lions next weekend, and then they visit the Washington Commandos. The Los Angeles Rams, I sung their praises earlier in the show. I believe they are a playoff team. Well, currently they are. They're the number six seed in the conference after their win over the Saints, and they actually hold the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Seattle Seahawks, who are at number seven. Coming up, the Rams got to travel across country, to play the New York Giants next week, and then they have to finish up on the road at the 49ers. The Seahawks, they're back as the number seven seed in the NFC because they won uh, today when they beat the Tennessee Titans, pulled it out late, give it up to Geno Smith. Now, the Rams do hold the head-to-head tiebreaker for the number six seed, but Seattle is you know, still up for a game in that final playoff spot Look, they host the Steelers, and then they they go to uh, Arizona. Would not surprise me if Pete Carroll finds a way to get it done in those last two games. The Vikings, tough duty for them. Tough duty. Uh, it was bad enough uh, they lost Kirk Cousins and then Dobbs. Now they're down to Nick Mullins. A, a, a pretty a pretty impressive effort today by the Vikings. They couldn't get it done against the Lions. They fall to eighth in the conference with their loss to Detroit. Minnesota does actually own the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Falcons at number nine, and uh, you know they hold the, actually the Falcons hold the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Saints. This could get jumbled if the if the Vikings win their next two games against the Packers and Lions. Again, this is not decided yet. The Falcons, they are one game out of the NFC South lead after beating the Colts today. They're also one game out of the final wild card spot as they have the number nine seed as they head into week 17. But they do own the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Packers and the Saints, but they don't have the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Vikings, who are currently the number eight seed. Atlanta travels their final two games. They go to Chicago to play the Bears, and they head to New Orleans. They'll see what their fate is after that. 
The Packers, tough deal for them. They sit in 10th place in the NFC. They did beat the Panthers today. They are one game out of the final playoff spot, but they do own the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Saints, but they lose the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Vikings, who they play next week in Minnesota, and they they don't have the tiebreaker against the Falcons, who they don't play the final two games of the season. Well, the Green Bay Packers will visit Minnesota, as I just mentioned, and they finish up at home against the Chicago Bears. The Saints, they're they're just they're fugly to be, but they still, yeah, on paper, they're only a game out of the NFC South. Even after they lost to the Rams Thursday night, they lose the head-to-head tiebreakers to every team they are tied with record-wise for the number eight seed. That's exactly why they're at number eleven. How do they finish up the season? At the Buccaneers and home against the Falcons. And as I say that, with a minute to go, about a minute thirty to go. In the third quarter in Denver, New England takes a 16-7 lead over Denver. So after Denver scores the first touchdown of the game, New England 16 unanswered points. Hey, it's looking like Bill Belichick getting one win closer to the all-time victory record owned by Don Shula and Denver uh, getting one game closer to going nowhere. I'd be curious to see if the marriage between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson continues after this year if Denver misses the playoffs. All right, the New York Giants, not a lot here. They hold the common record tiebreaker over the Bears, but they're, they don't really have a chance of getting into the playoffs. Okay, they, they do play. Well, they do. I mean, it's right. Okay, I get it. Bob Euchre once hit a home run off Sandy Koufax, but it's not likely to happen again. The Giants are at the Eagles. I, I expect the Eagles to have a get-right game in a big way Monday night. And then the... Giants get to host the Rams. That's not going to be a picnic, and they get to play the Eagles again in Week 18. I think uh, you can scratch the Giants off your dance card. Really not exactly going out on a limb there. Bears, two games out of the final playoff spot. They're the 12th seed. I mean, if you want to give it one of those mathematical deals, like a 0.4% chance, you want to shoot BBs at the moon, all right? You want to play a needle in a haystack, have fun with that. Bears did win today. They beat Arizona. But they host the Falcons next week, and they're at the Packers. I don't expect the Bears to be in the playoffs. Come on, let's be serious. All right, Commanders, they've been eliminated for a while. The Arizona Cardinals have been eliminated for a while. The Carolina Panthers have been eliminated for a while. So let's unpack this for just a second, because if the season ended today, which it doesn't, but just to give this some some texture, the current playoff matchups as of today, right now, 7.25 p.m. Pacific time on December 24th. The San Francisco 49ers would have a bye. The number two seed Detroit Lions would host the number seven seed Seattle Seahawks. The number three Philadelphia Eagles would host the number six Los Angeles Rams and the Cowboys, and you know how they play on the road. I've told you about their home road splits. No, I didn't. I talked about it last night. I'll revisit that in a second here. Tampa Bay would be the number four seed. They would get a home playoff game. They would host Dallas as the number five seed. Cowboys are 7-0 at AT&T Stadium this season. They average 39 points a game, 431 yards per game. But they're 3-5 on the road. They only average 21 points a game on the road, 304 yards per game on the road. They've outscored their opponents 171 points at home on the season. But their point differential is minus six on the road. They would have to go on the road and play Tampa Bay. Look, I would just say this about this. The last team I believe any NFC squad wants to see in the playoffs 
right now, if I'm being honest, aside from the 49ers, might be the Los Angeles Rams. Their offense is really gaining momentum, and Matthew Stafford is playing his best football. Although, look, I saw too many debacles in Detroit when it mattered most. He got it done. He got a Super Bowl. Paging Dukowski tart, but we won't go down that road. He's got a Super Bowl. But give it up. Matt's a veteran. He's a leader. He's popular in the clubhouse. He plays hurt. He plays hard. In his last five games, he's throwing 14 touchdown passes, only one interception. He's making the types of throws that he made during the Super Bowl year of 2021 if he can just stay consistent. But again, if the standings hold, they'd have to go play the Eagles, who already beat the Rams 23-14 to in Week 5. And I get it, they've lost three straight, but I think that would be very tough duty to go into Philadelphia and try to get a playoff win. Uh, but you have to be honest here, and that Philadelphia is suspect through the air, and they would be challenged to stop Cooper Cup and Puka Nasua. And again, I mentioned this earlier, Demarcus Robinson, very rejuvenated. And Kyron Williams, he's as important as any offensive piece they have because he is helping that Ram offense become balanced. In 11 games, Kyron Williams just under 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns. That would be, I believe, the best wildcard matchup of the postseason. All right? Dallas and Tampa Bay, maybe. Seahawks, Lions. Remember, the Seahawks beat the Lions pretty soundly. Well, actually went overtime, but they put up 38 points against them, I think, back in week two. All right, over in the AFC... If the season ended today, and I'm glad it doesn't, we still got two more weeks, the Baltimore Ravens would have a bye. We'll see if that continues after tomorrow night. But the Miami Dolphins, now the number two seed, they would host, again, if it ended today, the Colts, who would check in as the number seven seed. Meanwhile, the Chiefs at number three would host the Buffalo Bills, who are the number six seed. They've worked their way in. I think they're going to be very dangerous. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, even though they laid an egg today and they're reeling, still a number four seed, they would host the number five Cleveland Browns. The game that stands out the most of any of these potential matchups is obviously Buffalo-Kansas City. Come on. Be a rematch of their Week 14 matchup. So the Bills pick up the 27 victory. Check that 20-17 to 17 victory amid that, uh, well, give it up to Kadarius Toney. And they call it a controversial late-game penalty. I have no idea why it would be controversial. The guy was a foot past the line of scrimmage. If you don't learn how to line up on the line of scrimmage in high school, I can't help you. Kadarius Tony, I'm telling you, man, he's he dropped that past week one against Detroit. They made a beat in the Lions, and he's he's they're sticking with him. But I will tell you, that lit a fuse for the for the Bills. They have not lost since. They had a dominant 31-10 victory over the Cowboys that got them back in the playoff conversation. Josh Allen playing some of the best football in December, as he has. And as Josh Allen goes, so goes the Bills. You heard Steve DeSager's commentary on the Bills, what he observed Saturday night in Los Angeles. Very insightful observations. When Buffalo brings their A game, they're going to be tough. The Chiefs, on the other hand, 2-3 and three in their last five. They've not looked like the defending Super Bowl champions. Some frustration has set in. You're seeing Patrick Mahomes express it some anger. Of course, that interception that was caused by the tip-off from Kadarius Toney during the Patriots game in Week 16. The offense may not have been crisp as in years past, but do not go to sleep on the Kansas City Chiefs. I, We don't know. I, I don't know at this point if someone goes into Kansas City and beats them in the playoffs. Now, if the Chiefs have to go on the road as the number three seed at some point, maybe their reign comes to an end. But you got to knock out the champ, and it's not going to be easy. they still got a guy named Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid 
Mahomes, the two-time league MVP. He can turn it on the flip of a switch in the playoffs without question. If you don't believe me, you know, bet against him at your own risk. Coming up, we've even got a little NBA action Monday. We'll bring in our guy, Mark Medina, who joins me every Saturday night for Medina Magic. We've got a quintuple header in the NBA on Monday, and it's going to go head up with the NFL. We'll see how they feel about that. But first, let's bring in our guy, Steve DeSager, with the latest. Well, the Denver Broncos just concluded one of their worst quarters of the season. Just an astoundingly bad third quarter at home, and the New England Patriots now lead 23-7 at Denver going to the fourth. Keep in mind the context. The Broncos are 7-7. Seven and seven. They need to leap over multiple teams to get into the playoffs. A loss tonight would put them sub-500. Also, wide receiver Cortland Sutton. Sutton left the game due to a concussion. He's not returning tonight. They're facing a Pats team that's 3-11. That's missing starting tight end Hunter Henry due to a knee injury. Missing running back Ramondre Stevenson out with an ankle injury. And here's Zeke Elliott from Bailey Zappi is one touchdown in the third quarter. Mike Gesicki from Bailey Zappi is another Pats touchdown in the third. And then Denver fumbles the kickoff and it's returned for a touchdown. So 23-7 is New England's lead as they've just started the fourth. How is this happening? New England has missed a field goal attempt and an extra point, so maybe it's not over yet, but a lot of boos raining down from the fans that showed up in 25-degree weather and are not seeing the home team get it done tonight. Denver has lost two of its last three games. Miami on a short field goal on the final play beat Dallas 22-20. to Jason Sanders went 5-for-5 five five on field goals, including three of them from over 50 yards out. Tampa Bay won its fourth straight game. In fact, led 30 to nothing against Jacksonville late third quarter, 30 to 12 the final. Jaguars have lost four straight and quarterback Trevor Lawrence left with a right shoulder injury. He had one touchdown, three turnovers in this game. Chicago led Arizona 21 nothing late in the first half. 27-16 Bears the final. Cleveland won at Houston 36-22. The Browns Amari Cooper with 11 receptions, 265 yards and two touchdowns. Detroit clinched a division title for the first time in 30 years with the win at Minnesota 30-24. to By the way, the league points out that this is the first time in the Super Bowl era, so going back to the 1960s, that Detroit has clinched a playoff spot with at least two weeks to play. Detroit was the only remaining NFL team that had not done that since 1966 when the Super Bowl era began. With this Lions win today, it means the 49ers cannot clinch the one seed or a bye or home field throughout tomorrow night. With the Cleveland win today, it means the Ravens cannot yet clinch the division title this weekend. With Indy's loss today, that gave Miami the chance to win and clinch a playoff spot against Dallas, and the Dolphins cashed in. Indy lost it's game 29-10 at Atlanta's Young Way Koo went 5 for 5 on field goals. By the way, the Giants can be eliminated tomorrow officially with a loss. Vegas can officially be eliminated with a loss at KC. And one other note on the Lions with today's victory, here they've clinched their first division title since 1993, and Amon Ross St. Brown was great again. 12 catches. In fact, he had 106 yards receiving and a score. 
He's just the fourth NFL player ever with 300 catches in his first three seasons in the league. That's what Justin Jefferson did, and Michael Thomas of the Saints, and Christian McCaffrey as well. Seattle got a touchdown pass with about a minute left to win at Tennessee 20-17. to Jets blew a lead, but still won 30-28 to over Washington on a late 54-yard field goal. Washington's lost six in a row. Green, Bla- Green Bay blew a late lead, but still won its game at Carolina 33-30 on a late field goal. Aaron Jones, 21 carries, 127 yards. Three NFL games on Christmas tomorrow. No NBA today. Five NBA games for Christmas. College basketball is off until Wednesday. Again, the New England Patriots are leading at Denver 23-7, about 13 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Russell Wilson with just 84 yards passing. He has been sacked five times. Back to you. Thanks so much, Steve. All right, you heard Steve say we've got a quintuplet of Christmas games, so the NBA and the NFL will go head-to-head. This gentleman usually joins me at midnight on Saturday night because there's no shortage of news in the NBA. It's a 24-7 league. Yes, it's that time. Little Medina magic on a Christmas Eve. Mark Medina here. I'm all over these network airwaves he is our fox sports radio nba guru mark first merry christmas merry christmas bernie trying to deliver some uh, holiday goodies to you like santa always so listen uh let's talk about this butting heads between the two leagues on sunday it's fairly unprecedented the nfl will play a triple header but the NBA will play a quintuple header leading off with the Bucks and Knicks at 9 a.m. Pacific. Your general thoughts on the slate for Sunday, for Monday? Yeah, well, this happened uh, last season as well because it coincided with uh, NFL Sunday. And, you know, obviously if the NBA had its wish, they would only have uh, their own games uh, because they know that the NFL is such a ratings draw. But it's interesting to bring this up, Bernie, because I talked to some people around the league as well as some of the play-by-play announcers. And even though they can see that the NFL, they're going to win the, the ratings race, so to speak, they feel uh, pretty optimistic that they can still build off of you know some of the ratings increases that they saw last season during the Christmas Day games as well as the in-season tournament. And the reason is this. They know that NFL's king, but they have a lot of good individual matchups. They have the momentum from in-season tournament, and you know there is that recipe of uh, almost. It's almost a good thing that you have sports fans engaging in both events because that's more likely to draw the sports viewer if there is a competitive game on another channel versus a non-sports fan trying to draw them in. So yeah, the NFL is going to win the ratings, but the NBA feels like hey, they can have their own victory too i understand now that joel Embiid will miss the game against the heat does that change the luster of that game Oh, it certainly does. I mean, Joel Embiid was, has been playing MVP level um, all season, I think even better than last season. And he's one of the reasons why, you know, the Sixers have been able to just hum right along without James Harden. Um, so, yeah, it takes a lot of luster out of it. It also changes my thought on how the game was. I thought that the Sixers would be heavily favored against the Miami Heat because the Miami Heat, ironically, have been dealing with their own injuries in recent games. But, you know, I put the advantage now. 
to Miami because Joel Embiid is that important. But, you know, I think that this is telling that he is staying out this Christmas Day game because the NBA have, you know, uh, talked to teams about their new participation policy and saying, hey, you guys can't rest stars unless it's something serious. And considering that, you know, he looked pretty much in pain when he had this injury during Friday night, Friday night's game against Toronto shows that this is something that that could be serious later on as well. Mark, bit of a time crunch tonight, so we just got time for one more. But the sure. one game, the one game, Mark, where I actually think the NBA might win the head-to-head ratings, the Lakers-Celtics tip off at 5 p.m. Eastern. The New York Giants and Eagles tip off or kick off at 4:30 Eastern. Of course, by then the Chiefs will be having their way with the Raiders. Is that the one game you think the NBA wins the knockout punch in terms of head-to-head? Well, I don't think that they're going to win any knockout punch to the NFL. But where they have a chance to to grab some viewers that I was talking about, the sports fans that want to draw a competitive game, it's Warriors-Nuggets because it's Steph Curry. The Warriors are on the lately. Nuggets defending champs. And then Lakers-Celtics because of the history uh, of them being the greatest rival. You got LeBron James. You got the Laker brand. So it would be those two teams. But, look, the NFL is going to win the ratings race. That's just inevitable. Mark, listen, great stuff as always. Merry Christmas to you and your family. We'll have you again next Saturday night, midnight, on the Bernie Frouder Show for a little Medina magic. Enjoy your Christmas Day, NFL and NBA. Thanks so much. Appreciate you, Bernie. Merry Christmas. Thanks. That is Mark Medina, our NBA Fox Sports Radio guru. You catch him every Saturday night at midnight on the Bernie Frado Show. Coming up, we bring you, well, we're going to wrap up the show and wish everybody a Merry Christmas. But coming up, we're also going to bring you Brandon Trufa's Progressive Play of the Day. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked. You're listening to Fox Football Sunday. Bernie Frado on Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. All right, we're wrapping it up on Fox Football Sunday. Bernie Fratto in for Willard and Rudolph. Obviously, Rudolph is busy. On Christmas Eve, I believe there are some Santa sightings around the country. But before you go any further, it's time we bring you Brandon Trufa's Progressive Play of the Day. 
Minnesota now 30 yards from the end zone they've got to have. Down six. 58 seconds to go. Clock will start on the snap. Mullins takes the shotgun snap. He's back. Mullins looking. Pressure comes. Stepping up. Looking. Throwing deep downfield. It is picked up by the Lions. Intercepted. Coming back the other way. Ifatu Malafanwu. This is going to be over. Lions are going to win it. Lions are bringing the NFC North title back to Detroit. Courtesy. My old stomping grounds. That's the voice of the great Dan Miller. 97-1 WXYT, the ticket Detroit. Couldn't be happier for those guys. I was there in 08 when the Lions went 0-16. Dan was there for that as well. Took over the play-by-play tooties back in 2005. He's been a fixture for 18 years. So happy for the Detroit Lions. They have won the NFC North. They've got two games left. They could perhaps even advance their fortunes, but we shall see. So, uh, look, it's been a it's been a great day in the National Football League. Uh, and, and before I go any further, as well, I want to thank my 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 broadcast team back in Los Angeles. Uh, they've been here since uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, actually probably earlier in the day. Lorena Peterson, outstanding job. Brandon Trufa. Always good, my man. Uh, we've got some history. And, of course, Steve DeSager and the Dulce Tones on all the updates. Could not do the show tonight. Appreciate you dedicating uh, your time tonight on uh, Christmas Eve for Fox Sports Radio. Outstanding job, peeps. I, I, I really mean it. And, again, today's Progressive Play of the Day, Brandon Trufus, Progressive Play of the Day, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Well, don't look now, but Denver has scored. I don't know that I get my hopes up. They may be going down with more of a fight than a whimper, but they've had two and a half hours to do something, and they have uh, kind of frittered away their opportunity. I don't think this is going to end well in Denver, uh, just my opinion. A couple of notable coaches uh, are in the news today, and I think for good reason. Look, we all know that the New York Jets have had an incredibly disappointing season, a very tumultuous season, but there is a new report that suggests that it will not cost Robert Sala, their head coach, his job. By the way, Robert Sala, the pride of Dearborn, Michigan, played at a little football factory there, Fortson High School in Dearborn, Michigan. Look, Jets owner Woody Johnson, he seems to be pragmatic and realistic, okay? The minute Aaron Rodgers went down, the fortunes of the season went along with it. So can you really put that on Joe Douglas? Can you put that on Robert Sala? The defense has actually been pretty good this year. And uh, I think you run it back. Do you really want to start over with everybody and bring Aaron Rodgers back? The only question mark in the room, I think, is their offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. But I understand he's also considered likely to return, probably because of his relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Now, I know people have been critical of Robert Sala. Uh, and under normal circumstances, you might see a coach who is 16 and 33 as a head coach of the Jets find his way out the door. However, Sala, Douglas, they're going to get a pass for this season. And I think it's the correct thing to do. Again, after. Aaron Rodgers suffered his season-ending Achilles tear just four snaps into the season. Come on. What are you going to do? And by the way, it didn't hurt that Aaron Rodgers, it's my understanding, has firmly endorsed both Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, and he's done it on the Pat McAfee show as well. 
that can that can only help. And again, you can't blame Salah for Rodgers' injury. I get he's cra- he's faced some criticism over how he's handled the quarterback position this season, but I think his demeanor. Okay, I've seen how things look bad and go bad. I saw it with Rod Marinelli in Detroit in 08. When they st- when they started to go off the rails, he didn't acquit himself well. And I saw it with Marty Morningwagen in 2002. He didn't acquit himself well. I think I think Robert Sala has been fairly stoic. Another coaching icon, I'm going to call this guy an icon because I'm a big Mike Tomlin fan. There were actually rumors this past week that Mike Tomlin and the Steelers could be headed for a parting of the ways. As a matter of fact, and Steve DeSager alluded to this, there were folks around the NFL that believed that the Steelers could consider trading Tomlin to another organization. He's entering the final season of his contract, but I think as Steve reported earlier, there's talks of of uh, Tomlin getting a contract extension. But I will tell you, it's already leaked out that if that would have been the case and Mike Tomlin would have entered the open market and it would have required draft picks or trades, and this happened with John Gruden 21 years ago when he was traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's my understanding the Washington Commanders, who have a coach, Ron Rivera, Chicago Bears still have Matt Eberflus, Carolina Panthers. They were among the teams that would have been willing to give up draft picks to trade for uh, Mike Tomlin, who's been a fixture there in Pittsburgh now longer than Bill Cowher was. But the most likely outcome is it looks like cooler heads are going to uh, prevail. Mike Tomlin will be returning to Pittsburgh for probably not only another season, but multiple seasons. And again, here's a guy... Who in fa- he uh, faced a lot of scrutiny over the past few weeks. The Steelers' season fell apart. Why? They had an incredibly inept offense. And there's a, there's a thought that there might be a few players in the locker room that don't necessarily buy into Tomlin and his, he's got kind of that competitive, hard-nosed style and a matter-of-fact style and a no-nonsense style. Well, look. Tomlin was probably there long before you were there and probably be there long after. And let's keep in mind, he's been the Steelers head coach since 2007. Over that period, he's 71 games over 500. He's won 171 games, and he has a Super Bowl title. So there you have it. Tomlin will be back. Sala will be back. And uh, I'll be back on these airwaves Wednesday night, sitting in with Arnie Spanier, as we will host uh, the Jason Smith and Mike Harmon show. I'll also be sitting in for Ben Maller on, uh, on Thursday night before I get to my regular shows Friday and Saturday. All right, if you don't know what to watch Monday, I'll tell you. You got the Bucks and Knicks tipping off at 9 a.m. Pacific time. An hour later, you got the Raiders and Chiefs. Then an hour and a half after that, at 11.30 Pacific time, you have the Warriors and the Nuggets. Two hours after that, 1.30 Pacific time, you'll have the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Half an hour later, Boston Celtics at the Lakers, 5 p.m. Pacific. Check that. These are Eastern time. That's an Eastern time, 2, 8, 2 p.m. Pacific. Sixers in Miami, 5 p.m. Pacific on ESPN. And right at that time, 15 minutes later, the Ravens and the 49ers, well, they'll you know, people want to think this is a Super Bowl preview. Maybe it is 8.15 Eastern on ABC and ESPN+. Plus. It should be a hell of a game. Finally, 10.30 p.m. for you Night Owls, Eastern, Dallas Mavericks, and the Phoenix Suns. We'll wrap it up. 
Denver trailing 23-15, five minutes and 30 seconds to go. They've got the ball. Do you believe in miracles? I don't. We'll see what Denver can do. It's going to do it for Fox Football Sunday with Bernie Fratto. But you don't want to go anywhere. Keep it locked right here. Up next, Arnie Spanier and Chris Plank as the Fox Sports Radio family of talent continues. Merry Christmas, everyone. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.